Hi there, everyone, and welcome into the latest installment of the Career Competitive Podcast, the show that seeks to light that competitive fire within you in order to jumpstart or optimize your career. I'm Steve Meller, and as always, we're brought to you by the CG Sports Network, and I'm excited to welcome in Tim O'Donnell, who is a world-class triathlete. He's been doing this now for a number of years, world champion back in 2009, but he doesn't do your typical triathletes, guys. No, no, no. He does your long-distance ones, the Ironmans, those seven-and-a-half, eight-hour, eight-and-a-half-hour commitments, and that's for people like Tim that are really good at what they do. The average person, this is like a whole day's commitment, so this is the sort of stuff, frankly, that within Tim's DNA and people like himself that compete at this stuff, they are, they are the elite of the elite when it comes to the ability to endure, the, the ability to handle what can seem to so many such an overwhelming task. And we get into that with Tim today. We find out some really great insight from him on how to deal with that overwhelming feeling at times, how to strategize something that does seem like such a huge mountain to climb and be able to break it down and do it in specific ways to allow you to be successful. So excited to get into this discussion. Obviously, a very competitive individual in the in relation to the fact that Tim is still very much at the height of his game, still competing against the world's best at what he does. So really excited to bring this to you guys. I think there's some really fantastic stuff in here. Make sure you hang around at the end. I'd love to break down one or two takeaways of mine that I took from our discussion. But in the meantime, let's get right to our discussion with world-class triathlete Tim O'Donnell. And I hope you all enjoy. Hey everyone, just a quick reminder before we jump into the interview that if you're not yet, you should be subscribed to the show. If you're listening to me on Apple Podcasts, go ahead, press that subscribe button, and at the same time, leave us some sort of rating as well. I think we're worthy of five stars. I'll leave that up to you, but at the same time, these ratings go a long, long way. So especially if you're listening to us on Apple Podcasts, give us a rating, subscribe to the show, but whatever podcasting platform you're listening to us on, be sure to be following us. And also, if you're on Instagram, career underscore competitor, that's where you're going to find more information about our episodes, some behind-the-scenes footage of each and every interview. And you can, of course, use Instagram to reach out to me, direct message me, let me know what you think of episodes, what you think of the show, or you can connect with me on LinkedIn. Just search for my name, Steve Meller. Send me a message. Let me know if you or maybe someone you know would be a great person to come on the show. But for now, let's go right to our interview. Okay, it is my absolute pleasure to welcome in Tim O'Donnell to the Career Competitor Podcast. Firstly, on this Wednesday evening, Tim, how are things going, man? Good. Had a good day training, a really solid ride, and just got back from the pool. So a good way to wrap up the day right now. Awesome. Awesome. So alluding to two of the three components that you do for uh, for a full-time job, uh, you are a full-time triathlete. And it's not like you just do the you know, the easy Olympic version. You make it a little bit more difficult on yourself and, and take on things such as Ironmans and all this sort of stuff. So instead of me trying to explain any more, Tim, why don't you fill all our listeners in on exactly what it is you do? Yeah, so uh, like you mentioned, I'm a professional triathlete and I focus on long-distance racing and the Ironman is a 2.4 mile swim, 112 mile bike. And if you aren't tired at that point, <laughs> you get to do a, uh, a marathon, a 26.2 mile run. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. I've seen a few, man. I've seen a few. I mean, my my um my full time job is swim coaching, so I'm a, I'm a, a collegiate swim coach, and so for me, I've come across a few triathletes over the years. I'm thinking about doing an Olympic triathlete, all this kind of stuff, and mm-hmm. occasionally I bump into someone who uh, who's thinking about the Ironman, and uh, it, I've I've personally never done it. Some of my closest friends have. I can't really get my mind around the the concept of a marathon to be honest with you so if you throw all that stuff in at the front um i'm even less <laughs> i'm even less you know engaged in the idea of, of doing something like that so i want to start there because for me i've talked to a number of different athletes now through this show and you're the first athlete i've spoken to that is competing in their in their domain for as long as you're competing no one quite frankly, has come even close to you in, in that regard. So when you look at things such as the marathon at the end of a, at the end of an Ironman, what's your thought process up until that point, knowing that you have something is, quite frankly, to the average Joe like myself, something that is so, you know, just simply scary coming at the end of something like that? Yeah, it's uh, it's actually interesting because you don't, it's it's overwhelming if you think about if you think about all of it, especially mm-hmm. during the race. You know, you think about man, I'm not even done riding. I got to go run a marathon. Like that that can be overwhelming. Mm-hmm. Um, so you, it's this weird balance of like putting it out of your mind, but also knowing what you have to do on the swim and the bike to make sure you've set yourself up to have a good run. So mm-hmm. you know, through training and and you know all your preparation, you're setting yourself up. Are you? you're putting yourself in a position to know what you need to do to have a good run without having to think about the fact that you've got to go do a marathon, As particularly if it's in Hawaii at the, you know, the world champs in Kona, mm. it's super hot <laughs> and it's maxed out humidity. And it's like 12 o'clock or one o'clock in the afternoon and you're starting a marathon. Yeah. And, uh, you know, if you follow, uh, elite running, you know, if a big race like New York marathon, if it's 75 at the New York marathon, there's, carnage right yeah you know and here we are it's 95 and ground temperature is 120 and mm. uh you know it's max out humidity it's just uh, it's a just a unique beast yeah absolutely and as a competitor you know controlling the controllables is such a massive part of that but then you're here you are referencing a number of things that very much are out of your control and as someone who's been doing this now for going on two decades i think i've got that right you know you've been doing this for a long time what has your experiences provided over the years that maybe shows you that as much as you can control there's always going to be these one or two things that simply are out of your control and you need to learn how to obviously adapt in those moments absolutely and i think you know i'm uh i've learned a lot through experience i guess you know (laughs) i i can absolutely recall earlier in my days you know you have this plan of how you want your race to go Mm. and then you know, something happens, it doesn't go that way and you're distraught and you're like, Oh yeah, now what I do, you know, you're so, you know, focused on it being, being this one situation. But I, now I've learned that, you know, you really, it's about energy, total energy expenditure. And a lot of that's Mm -hmm. mental too. And you have to be able to, um, you know, not waste energy on stressing out about things you can't control. Um, to give you a little story at 2019, I actually broke my foot I think it was seven weeks before the world championships Wow! and i uh, i had a pity party i found <laughs> it out i had an mri and found out it was broken i'm like all right i got 
one night and, and the year before I was fourth and I was in a great spot, you know, to, to be one of the guys fighting for the win in 2019. And I, I had a pity party, opened a bottle of wine. I said, okay, you get one night, one night, you're going to drink this bottle of wine. And then tomorrow you're going to come up with a plan and you're going to, yeah. you're going to prepare the best you can for the cards you've been dealt. And that means I couldn't run, you know, I wasn't able to run, but you know, I was able to swim without flip turns, you know, I couldn't push off the wall. Um, and then eventually I was able to ride the trainer. And then eventually I was able to get on a zero gravity treadmill and, you know, run at like 60, 70% body weight. And I ran outside the first time, like uh, maybe eight days before the world championship. And I went on to have my best performance there ever. Wow. Um, it was, you know, it, but I went, I, I went in, pre- you know, prepared, preparing, knowing that, Hey, don't stress about it. You do what you, you do and you prepare the best you can for your situation. And that's what I did. I, I, my cycling was, you know, better than it ever has been. Mm. And my swimming was, was on point. And mm. that set me up that in Kona, when I hit the marathon, I didn't know what to expect. I'm like, who knows if I'll finish this, but I felt amazing because I had set myself up for, for success. Um, you know, giving, given my situation and in the end it worked out, but, uh, yeah. So, I mean, I've definitely learned over the years that, Hey, if you're going to waste your time and your energy um, on things you can't control, then, you know, you're, you're setting yourself up for failure. Yeah. I, I love hearing it, you know, energy expenditure. I think that's something that for, for us as a show, anyone listening to this, no matter what walk of life you're pursuing at a competitive level, that is a really important message to hear. Um, you know, even if it's just someone who's working a traditional nine to five job, you know, that's, that's eight hours, that's eight hours that you need to be expending, hopefully at the best version of yourself and understanding that there right. is a process to which you need to try and do that. If you try to get all your work done in the first two hours of the day, you probably will be exhausted on the back half. And it's very much a similar approach here for someone who's actually, funnily enough, and I didn't even mean to do this, but you, you compete for about eight hours, right? Yeah, it's true. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, there you go. This is your version of your nine to five. Um, so right. for 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 listening to this, you know, it, it, being handed such a massive adversity, such as breaking your bone and your foot of all places um, as, a, as a, you know, long distance triathlete, clearly it was almost the coming to, coming to grips with the adversity that made you feel as probably in more control as you've ever felt when you got to a starting line because you're almost just giving yourself over to the moment and saying hey what happens happens at this point i'm I'm just so pleased that i was able to kind of yep. keep my shit together up to this point over the last seven weeks and get to the starting line and i have you been able to from that moment i know that things have been very interruptive i'm sure over the last two years but since that moment have you found that that's maybe had an impact on your entire approach to what you do? Yeah. I mean, I think one of the biggest takeaways from, from that preparation and, and then, you know, 2019 world championship was how the internal pressure that we put on ourselves. Hmm. Um, and when I had that injury, it, it took everything away. I was so grateful just to be on the starting line that everything else was gravy. And it's not, you know, a lot of people, a lot of times we'll blame it on pressure, you know, deadlines, you know, people you're working with coaches or, you know, whoever it may be, or, uh, sponsors in my case, hmm. you put all, you think they're putting pressure on you, but in the fact it's you internalizing this pressure that you're almost, you know, really you're making up. Right. Mm-hmm. And it just, it just pushed that all out. And, um, 
you know, and that's that being in that place of gratitude, it's pretty powerful being grateful and happy. Um, you know, I realized I've been doing, I started doing the world championship in 2011. I hadn't missed a race there and it's, it's a grind. Right. And yeah. every year I'm like, Oh, I need to take a year off. I need to take a year off. But then all of a sudden I'm in this position where I might not be able to, to race. Yeah. And then I realized that how much I really wanted to be there, how much I wanted to do that. So it was, it was definitely a mind, sh- mind shift for me. And, uh, you know, yeah, since then it's, um, I, I I've just been, yeah, been ha- happy with training and, yeah. and, you know, like, uh, life balance with training and things like that. And it's put me in a great, great place for success. Yeah. I think that's really important for people to hear. I love, I appreciate you acknowledging that Tim, that, you know, we do put these internal pressures on ourselves it is almost this world that we create where we're hearing things in a way where we're creating these internal pressures when if we just listen to the messages a lot of the time there is no pressure there it's it's communication uh and a lot of the time it's people communicating with you that actually have your best interests at heart um and i think yep. that's just a really interesting notion to uh to, to consider here for anyone listening is you know we we can be our greatest uh, you know we can be we can be our greatest problem at times and 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 so much of that really does come from the way in which we're looking at these relationships that we have and making them something that sometimes they're simply not and i think as someone who you know i've i've found i'd love to talk to this uh, talk to you about this now is is just being a father um you know for me mm-hmm. in, in the last couple of years becoming a father of two kids and uh you just mentioned to me before we started here that you're about to be, well you just become a father of two is that right Yep. Yeah. Yeah. We just had our second baby, uh, Finian. Uh, we have a daughter, Isabel, who's uh, three years old, and then Finian is four months. So great. Congrats on yeah. that. Um, Thank you. You know, yeah. so for for you having something is so real, so true, is being a father. There, there is, it, from my experience so far, there is no more real position that we can have on this uh, on this planet than being a parent. Have you maybe now been able to? And again. You know, speaking from experience, have you been able to now just say, okay, my 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 greatest realities, my greatest roles in life are right here, smack in front of me, and all these other roles that uh, are a part of maybe me, the competitor, and as a professional, I've now been able to to see these relationships slightly different. Now you're you're looking at it from maybe a slightly different perspective. Absolutely, uh, perspective has changed um, since becoming a dad, and. Uh, for those uh, li- listening that uh, don't know, my wife is also a professional triathlete, Marinda Carfrey, um, three-time Ironman world champion, amazing person, amazing athlete. But we, you know, we've been, and as you mentioned, I've been doing this a long time and she's been yeah. doing this a long time too. Yeah. And once we had our, our uh, oldest, uh, Izzy, we turned into this like crazy cir- traveling circus. You know, we were going <laughs> all over the world. I mean, Izzy's literally been, I mean, her passport is full of stamps. She's been to Australia four times Mm -hmm. and uh, it just, it changed. It it almost re re um, uh, re, uh, reinvigorated our careers because Mm. you know what you race for and why you're doing something, it changes first. You just want to win a race and then you win races. And then you're like, I want to get sponsors and make money. And then you do that. And then kind of like, okay, now, you know, now what? And, now we realize we have this awesome opportunity to share this experience traveling around the world as a family. And it was amazing. Hmm. Um, but you know, I'm going to go back to 2019 because I have another story tying family. And yes, um, please do. Yeah. So I, 
I needed to qualify for, for the world championships. And, uh, I crashed my bike in March and broke a bunch of ribs and I could not get to the start line of several Ironmans that I needed to do to qualify. Finally, I said, I, I could get to the start line in June at Ironman Boulder and, uh, which is where we live. Mm-hmm. And I, I was not, I over swam. I, I biked, biked too hard. I swam too hard. I had a big lead and I just started going backwards on the run mm-hmm. and, I had all these negative thoughts start coming in my head. And then my legs started to really hurt. I'm like, I got to start walking. I can't even run. Like my legs are blown up. They're shattered. And then I'm like, you know what? I don't, I can skip Kona this year. I don't, you know, I'll take a year off. Um, I'm like, I can't, I, I, it's like, I accepted that I wasn't going to qualify and, and I was okay with it. And then Mm. I'm like, I'll just pull out, Uh, you know, it's okay. I'll do Kona the following year. And then I said, you know what? my daughter is out on this course and I'm going to set the example for her and I'm going to show her her dad doesn't quit. And I'm going to give her a big hug and a kiss when I cross that finish line. Mm -hmm. And once I made that decision that quitting wasn't an option, all of a sudden my legs felt okay. I started running again. I ran back onto the podium and qualified. And it was all because, you know, the motivation obviously as being a dad and wanting Mm -hmm. to set that example, but also just getting that, getting the negativity out. Like mm. when it's not an option, things change. When you, yeah. when you think it's an option, you're, you're going to start to, to, you know, make it happen, I guess. Yeah, absolutely. This, this, I mean, firstly, that's just a beautiful story. Uh, you know, I, again, I, um, I, I, someone who's been in sport my whole life, I, I, when I hear these types of stories, I get some goosebumps because it just, I, I know how those emotions work. I've seen those emotions, you know, reveal themselves through performances at times. So I, I, I understand all of that, relate to so much of it. Um, but secondly, I can't help but think too, is is the ability to obsess when you're doing what it is you're doing. You, you said there you went down one line of conversation within your mind, then you came out another side of conversation within your mind. And, you know, I'd love to just kind of talk to you a little bit about self-talk and, and how you use that to be the competitor that you are because never mind these moments when you are actually in competition i know the training that goes into what you do and and to say that there's hours that you're competing for it doesn't even relate to the time that you need to be training for so how have you developed the skill because it is a skill how have you developed the skill of self-talk over the years yeah uh well you know i was a swimmer growing up uh Mm. and i was a distance swimmer um you know you joke if you, if you're if you're not good, you go to the distance lane, right? Because <laughs> then maybe you can work harder than everybody and get good. Uh, and that was really my philosophy. But I think you know, I think family and having a strong family, supportive family was was a big help. And then you know, I went to the Naval Academy, was in the Navy, and mm. kind of that like eyes forward, like get through anything, perseverance um, mentality was even driven into me. You know, even to an even, even greater extent, uh, while I was in the, in the Navy. Mm. And then honestly, it's just being able to stay in the moment. I think that's really important in training and in racing and being able to, um, understand, like understand how things can go bad and, and the negative thoughts can creep in and then how, how you're going to deal with it. And for me, I, I just focus on the details. Um, I focus on the process Whenever I focus on winning, I don't win. When I focus on the process on what I need to do to win, I win. Um, so, so if I can, you know, stay within that moment and keep my mind busy. So I, I don't 
give it the chance for the negativity to creep in. I think that's important. Yeah, that's that's some really interesting stuff, honestly, Tim. I think the uh, that that ability that you have in this particular area, and you know, someone who's I've always looked at the sport of swimming and just said, you know, there's very you know we're cut from our own cloth we we are what we are and then i taught uh, you know before doing this interview reading a little bit about your story and, and and understanding the world that you're existing within as an athlete to say that you guys are cut from your own cloth is a is a whole a whole nother level of 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 defining that because i truly someone that used to thrive as a swimmer 15 years ago now uh is is someone who used to thrive under the expectation of working hard and having this regime within which i would have to conduct my lifestyle your your existence must be so regimented that it must be near impossible and and again you can correct me if i'm wrong but near impossible for you to find those other maybe outlets within within life that come with you know, simply being men of our age. And I'm sure those weekends for you are very different to the average guy, uh, you know. So w- where I'm going with this is just the sacrifices that you must be making in order to pursue this career at the levels that you're doing. And you alluded to it earlier that you're more than comfortable taking your family with you around the world. And that's obviously going to really help with a lot of those sacrifices, not having to be away from family. But have you found over the years, Tim, that just the sheer sacrifice of what it is that you are doing as this as this sport is sometimes feels as though it's just too much to take on. Uh, absolutely, um, you know, especially with parenthood involved now, mm. and it's yeah. Actually, just like two days ago, Izzy said to me, um, "Why do you have to train so much?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but yeah. it's it still put us in a position where we can, you know, we're coming in, we're basically work from home. So we're training in and out. And, you know, I can have, I can like this morning, I did a massive ride and then I came home and I had lunch with Izzy, you know, on the grass. Um, so you just kind of remind yourself of what it allows you to do the opportunities, you know, we've seen the world because of triathlon. So, uh, we just kind of focus on the positives of it. And to be honest, there's been a shift in our training, um, not only as we've gotten older, but as we've gotten parents to, to kind of balance that. And it's actually been amazing because I, I grew up, like I said, I was a distance swimmer mm-hmm. and I define, always define myself by how hard I worked. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, not necessarily how good my stroke was or how efficient I was, but just, yeah. just good old fashioned, you know, freaking work, you know, like yeah. get some, and that's not, that's not really the best way. I mean, it's important. You got to do the work, but you got to sure. be smart about it. So I've, I've between family and age, I've been forced to get smarter with my training and how I approach mm-hmm. everything. And a lot of the fluff is gone and I'm actually performing better. So, um, it's, it's a testament to, you know, smarter training rather than harder training. Yeah. That's, that's kind of fascinating in, in what you do is that you've been able to actually see pr- progress over this time. Uh, it really is. And, I would love to, um, as we come to sort of the end of this now, I, I would love just to kind of figure out this dynamic between you and your wife, because <laughs> for me, it's for me, it's just the most incredible thing. One thing I love about my relationship with my wife is that she knows absolutely nothing about swimming, um, whereas you're <laughs> in the complete opposite situation at home. You both yeah. couldn't know more about what it is you both do. So from that side of things, 
my first question is a little bit more serious. My second one's a little bit more of a joke. But my first question has to be, what do you what do you do for one another? How do you actually help one another in terms of actually peaking um, as as performers? And the second one is, you know, who who's the most successful in your mind? <laughs> <laughs> well. I mean, I should probably answer the second one first because uh, <laughs> Rini has way more world titles than me. So, you know, <laughs> hands down, hands down. yeah, hands down. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Um, and honestly, it is incredibly hard. It's incredibly. So, you know, Ironman, so it's one day a year, the Ironman World Championship. You have to be at your best and everything has to go right one day of the year. You know, it's not a best of seven series or anything. Mm-hmm. Um and it's incredibly hard. It's incredibly hard for one person to figure it out, yeah. but for a couple to figure that out on the same day, it's it's uh, a massive challenge. Um, mm-hmm. And honestly, we've had a we've just had to make sure we have a good team around us mm-hmm. because there's a lot of things that uh, spouses of professional triathletes do that we can't do for each other. You know, a lot of you know a lot of professional triathletes have you know their spouses you know running the business and you know, doing everything and taking care of all the house stuff and, um, you know, making tra- training and recovery manageable for the athlete. And, uh, Rini and I have always had to juggle that. So, you know, make sure we have good management team, good coaches. Uh, that's been a huge part of it. And then I think it's been, it has been helpful that, you know, we understand, you know, we, there's no, uh, you know, no one's getting upset or, mm. you know, jealous that the other one's doing this and and i don't get to do that um you know and we know what it takes to to be at the top um so i think that understanding has been incredibly uh helpful and uh supportive yeah yeah it's it's really it's really inspiring to be honest with you um just 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 hearing about all of this and in the the in my opinion, in many ways, a bonus to your experiences that you get to do it with someone as, as significant to you as your wife. Uh, I think that's just a really beautiful testament and um, something that anybody listening here, uh, even if even if your significant other or those people close to you within your circle, within your career, um, aren't necessarily doing what it is you do, I think it's paramount that you have their utmost support in everything that you're doing. And how can you not yep. have so much support um, from someone uh, like your wife when you're both doing the same thing? So that's just incredibly cool, Tim. And, and I would love for you just to kind of leave our listeners here with just some food for thought. And what I'm going to ask from you is 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 maybe, you know, because so much of what you've brought to the discussion here today has been emotionally driven and i love that and that's what we're about as a podcast i i I believe that as competitors it's not about getting from start to finish first as you talked about earlier you said when you do think about that that's when your performance suffers um and, and so so much of what we're doing our process is emotionally driven and behavior driven uh so Anyone listening to this, Tim, if, if you're going to give them that pep talk in terms of how best to to make the most of their day each and every day, how would you maybe describe that in your words? Ooh, um, <laughs> we're not talking about training, so I won't talk about hydration, hydration or nutrition. <laughs> but <laughs> hey, nutrition is um, a big one. That's a big one, right? That it actually it, it yeah. is that is true. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you. Um, I think having a good plan is always, you know, having a good starting point, um, mm. an organization is, is super important. And then, um, yeah, just, just breaking it down into pieces and, mm. you know, focusing on that particular moment or task or whatever it may be. And, 
um, just building momentum off of that. Yeah, I love that. I love that. And again, as someone who's taking everything they're doing one mile at a time, uh, who better to, to provide that sort of advice. So Tim, thanks so much for this discussion, man. It's been really insightful. And um, I really appreciate some of the candidness too. It's it's always helpful uh, within this show that we get to know you on a on a deeper level. And some of the stuff you provided here is, is definitely a testament to that. For anyone listening, man, that wants to learn a little bit more about you as well, uh, give us some information in terms of best ways to follow you. Yeah, uh, we do have a YouTube channel. So if you want to check out our adventures, it's the Tim and Rinny show. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can also, you know, follow, uh, follow me on social channels. It's uh, T.O. in Try. Awesome. Awesome. Good stuff, man. Well, I checked out that YouTube channel actually just before we started talking here and uh, definitely encourage people to do it. It's really uh, just a really cool way of, of giving you some light into uh, the relationship that Tim has with his wife as they travel around the world doing stuff. So good stuff, Tim. Appreciate the time again and best of luck with uh, with everything this season. Okay, man. Oh, yeah. Thank you so much for having me on. And my thanks again to Tim for joining us on the show today. And I have to say for someone who for someone like myself that's talk, that's spoken to so many athletes now at this point through this show, this is episode 98 that I'm on now, it's been incredible to hear so many different perspectives in terms of how each athlete prepares. But then when you think about what Tim is preparing for, when it comes to preparation, it's hard to it's hard not to listen to a guy like Tim and think, okay, if there's anyone that understands preparation, it's you. And I think for me personally, having this opportunity to speak with Tim really made me appreciate that from a preparational standpoint, we have to we have to invest as much time as possible into anything that we can actually control prior to performance, prior to any assessment that we may have coming up whether you're an athlete, whether you're working in something that assessments come in all shapes and different sizes, whatever it may be, preparation is so huge. And it sounds like from Tim's standpoint, for someone that's been doing it as long as he has, he's been able to reinvent that process. And I think for us, it's easy to get stale within our process at times and allow ourselves in our preparation to think, I've, I've been here, I've done this before, I know how to do this. I'm going to stick to the same plan over and over and over and over. And what's probably going to happen is that we're going to get stale with that approach. And we're going to start to actually see a plateau and then eventually some regression. And as you hear Tim talk about how his age has become more and more of a factor and experience and injuries and all this kind of stuff, he's had to find ways to become more efficient, to streamline the process of getting from the beginning of a training cycle to the end of a training cycle prior to a competition and and then you throw in things like that ability to not become overwhelmed when he is being assessed when he is in that competition environment being able to stay out of his mind not overly assess as he's going through performance just to allow the performance to be what it's going to be because the preparation was so was so thorough it's left him in this mindset when he gets to a competition where he can give himself over to the moment even if that moment is eight hours long. It, it's it's an incredible concept to think about that someone can remain so present and trust the work that they've done up to that point when there's so many opportunities within such a large portion of time to be able to become paranoid, to be able to over-assess 
and doubt what it is you're doing and the way in which you're performing. So just really incredible insight for me personally. And again, my first opportunity to sit down and speak with someone who has been doing these type of events now for so long. And I, I hope you listening were able to hear one or two things in terms of Tim's preparation and his entire approach to what it is he does and and, and take something from it. And uh, hey, if there's anything about the preparation that you didn't catch, well, I hope you certainly heard the gratitude that Tim has for the process and the opportunities that he has within his career as well. And, and gratitude is something that, hey, if we're not feeling that within our careers and our day-to-day, then something's wrong. We've got to change something. So really love that part of it as well. But I'm sure you picked up on something too. And uh, my thanks again, like I said, to Tim for joining us and, and, and being so forthcoming with some fantastic insight on the show today. And in the meantime, guys, as always, make sure you're checking out our Instagram page, career underscore competitor. Make sure you are subscribed to the show. If you're listening to us on Apple Podcasts, especially leave some sort of a rating as well. We always appreciate that. In the meantime, uh, keep up all the great work that you're doing. I have a few things going on in my professional world right now that I will be putting a lot of energy and time into. So I'm probably going to take uh, a short hiatus from the podcast here through the month of June at least and maybe even a little bit longer than that. So it's been a real fun ride through this first half of 2021 and we're about three years into the show now. Episode 98 this is. A couple more to the century. Really excited to get to that part. But for me in the, in the meantime, like I said, best of luck with everything you've got going on. Feel free to reach out to me at careercompetitorpodcast at gmail.com. And uh, yeah, look forward to talking to you all very soon. Bye for now. Bye for now.